Welcome back to Shattered Glass, a collection of stories about my family's experiences before, during, and after the Holocaust. Last episode, we ended when Bella had a dream in 1939 that her parents were taken away by men in uniforms while she was far away from them at their country cottage. Here's what Sai knows about what happened after she had that dream. My grandfather uh, was picked up, I think, fairly early, and he was killed or murdered, actually, in one of those trucks that the Germans had. They had trucks that were basically sealed, and they would put people into the truck, they would put the Jews into into the truck, and then the carbon monoxide led to the back of the truck. So by the time they drove, the German drove the truck to the outskirts of the city where there was already a, a trench dug, basically, um, all the Jews inside the truck were dead. My grandmother, I don't know what happened. I assume she probably went into the ghetto. And at that point, they were in their 50s, I think. Women who were in their 50s were pretty much uh, sent to an extermination camp or to a slave labor camp and died pretty fast. Bella did not know the extent of what had happened to her parents, but she soon realized that they were not going to be joining her. She eventually ran out of whatever food or money she'd had, so she got a job as a maid to the wife of a Russian officer. Here's what Sai had to say about the job. That actually was a pretty good um, gig, as you would say today, uh, in that she had food and a roof over her head. But then the Russian officer was killed, and the money to the wife just stopped. So my mother began making her way south, um, because in a Russian winters are pretty cold, and there was at least food or warmth in the south. George and Sai know more about their father's experience in the first few years of the war than they know about their mother's. George recalls where Leon was, right before the Nazis' invasion of Poland. He happened to be on a camping trip on the far western border of Poland at the very end of August 1939. And they actually could look through the fence and see all these tanks and all of these trucks and all these soldiers. You know, I think we're going to cut this camping trip short and get home right away, which is what they did. So they actually saw the invasion force before it crossed the border. Here's what Sai knows about the days following the Germans' invasion of Poland. My father, at that time, was working at a bank. He was, he was like the manager of the bank or an assistant manager or whatever. I'm not sure the exact title he had, but he reported directly to the president, I think. Shortly after the Germans arrived, the president of the bank, or the owner of the bank, was a Jewish bank, uh, came in beaten up. And he told my father, he was leaving, and he told my father to just lock up the bank, close it up, close the vault. My father just closed the bank vault. I mean, in the bank vault, there was British pounds, French francs, Russian rubles, gold, all that kind of stuff. And my father could have taken that money, maybe got the family out, but didn't. Shortly after, the, after all of that happened, my father decided he was going to leave lunch. And he and my uncle Saul both decided they would go to the east. The rest of the family, for whatever reason, decided they would stay in, in Lutch. 
The eldest of the eight siblings, Shrulek, owned a dance studio prior to the Nazis' invasion. He was also gay, which Sai, who is also gay, did not know until his aunt Nina told him. And I should have known because he was evidently he was very handsome and a good dancer. So <laughs> equals being gay, right? My grandmother, she was very sick again due to the malnutrition disease, all the things going on. And she was probably at that point in her 50s. And the Germans at that point were liquidating the ghetto, you know, transporting everybody out of it. And the oldest brother, who was very close to her, he didn't want her to go alone to the camp. So he went with her. They wound up in a concentration or a death camp together. And he basically died with her. I wish I knew more about Shrulek's story prior to his tragic death. I wish I knew how he discovered his love of dancing. I wish I knew how he founded his own dance studio. But these are the stories that died alongside him in the Nazis' death camp. Shrulek's story reminded me that for each shard of glass, each story we collect, we've already lost so many. On their journey east to the Soviet Union, Leon and Saul had some very close calls, getting captured or murdered by the Nazis. They were uh, waiting for the train to come. There were lots and lots and lots of other refugees. And when the Germans, several Germans were, or Gestapo were coming along the train station checking out people's papers. Remember in Europe at that time, everybody had to carry papers, very important piece of information. The Poles uh, all told my father and Saul to lay down flat, and they all piled luggage on top of them so that the Germans wouldn't see them. Here's another one of those close calls, as told by George. They were stopped by uh, Nazi guards because you Jews weren't allowed to travel. And not only were they not allowed to travel, they weren't allowed to travel and have any money on them. Guess what? They were traveling and they had money on them but they had their money in their shoes. The Nazis are stupid. The Nazis said, take off your shoes. And they immediately began to take off their shoes. And they acted as if they didn't care, and they fooled them, the Nazi guard, and the guard said, okay, okay, put your shoes back on. When Leon and Saul arrived in Russia, they were given two options. Join the army or go to the gulag to chop lumber. Saul decided to join the army while Leon went to the Gulag. He was shipped to a very, very small town called Kotlas, first by train, then by barge. George describes just how remote the town was. It's difficult for an American in the 21st century to grasp how remote Kotlas was. It was so remote that when Leon got there and the locals asked them how they traveled there and they explained it, the locals didn't believe them because they'd never heard of trains. Leon was imprisoned for a total of two years, first in the Gulag in northern Russia, then in another labor camp closer to China. His time at these camps was defined by malnutrition, extremely hard labor, and chess. George told me that there was a chess grandmaster in the Gulag with Leon and that he could play nine simultaneous blindfolded games. 
George told me that although he's no grandmaster himself, he still loves to play chess on his phone because of these stories his father told him. Here's Sai describing how Leon's time in the Russian labor camps came to an end. Then when the Germans uh, invaded uh, the Soviet Union in 41, they let the prisoners go in the gulag, and my father and my mother separately, but decided that the smartest thing to do was to head south where there was number one food and number two warmth. And they both made their way gradually down to Uzbekistan. And then Bella had a dream about Leon, who she dated while in gymnasium and hadn't seen since before the war. And a couple of days later, well, you might be able to guess what happened, but I'll save that for the next episode. I love this part of the story far too much not to draw it out just a bit. Thank you for listening to Shattered Glass. This series is researched, interviewed, narrated, and produced by me, Sam Zacker. The music is Taudella from Blue Dot Studios. (laughs) 